Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. Before I begin on the stories, I just wanted to mention if you have your own personal scary story that you would like to send me for me to possibly narrate here on the channel, you can do so by sending it to southerncannibal.com. So if you have a personal true scary story that you'd like to share, please consider sending it my way. Now that all that's out of the way, let's begin. This happened about three weeks ago. It was roughly about 3.30 in the morning, and I was watching some YouTube videos. I saw my dog's ears perk up, and he walked to the back door. I figured he needed to use the restroom, so I went to let him out. When I made it over to the door, I unlocked it, and I was about to open the door, when something then told me to click the light on first. When I did so, I then saw something quickly flash behind the side of my house. I felt uneasy, but I opened the door and let the dog out. He immediately bolted to the side that I saw the flash, and then disappeared into the dark. I then grabbed my dad's 12-gauge shotgun that we keep hidden by the back door for emergencies. I grabbed my spotlight and looked around, but I couldn't really see from the porch. I closed the door and I stepped off the porch, calling my dog's name. Eventually he came running back to me and I took him back into the house, but when I reached the door, I saw that it was cracked open. This frightened me mostly because I was alone for the weekend, and I know I closed the door. As I approached the back door, gun in hand, I saw a light moving around in my house. I put my dog on his chain, and then slowly moved into the house. When I got into the room where the light was coming from, which was my sister's room, I slowly and quietly nudged the door open with my barrel, and when I turned on the light, I saw a large man wielding one of my knives from my bedroom. I told the man to drop the knife and get the fuck out of my house before I shoot him. He promptly dropped my knife and he then proceeded to jump out of my sister's window like this was some kind of action movie or something. I fired three shots into the air as he ran away. I don't know who this man was or what he had planned, but whoever he was, if he happens to return the next time, there will not be a warning. Hi, my name is Andrews, and I live in southern India. This just happened to me a couple of nights ago, 
and it's still really fresh in my mind. It was 30 minutes past 11 p.m., I believe. I was lying in my bed listening to Southern Cannibal to go to sleep, since I have amnesia, and imagining stories by listening to them makes me sleep much faster. Suddenly, I saw a beam of torchlight entering through my window from the back of my bed. At first, I thought it was just the security guard who guards my little secluded village, but that beam of light was persistent. This went on for three more minutes or so, with every window passing a considerable amount of torchlight to see as well. After the final window in my house passed a light, it was, well, gone. I thought it was strange, but I kept listening to the stories. After a while, I had heard the sounds of footsteps approaching my door, since I was now in the hall trying to sleep on the couch. I paused the story, and I had then looked out through a large vertical window facing the outside of my house. I dropped my AirPods case in shock, as I then saw a man wearing a kerchief around his mouth, trying to do something with the lock. I then heard the sound of my lock turning. Stupidly, I hid under my couch to call 100, which is the number to call the police in India. The man then entered my house and started looking around the house. The operator then said that it would take the police from the nearest police outpost at least 10 minutes minimum to arrive in my house. He went into my bedroom, taking all the money I had as a broke college student, as I later found out after the cops arrived. He went around looking in the kitchen, and he actually took a piece of cake from the fridge, which I bought for my birthday. After that, he just left. I didn't go out to check if he had gone yet, because I saw him holding some sort of weapon, which I believe was a pipe. After what felt like an hour, but only five minutes, the cops arrived. The policeman arrived and announced their presence. I yelled from behind the couch, telling him that I was the one who called them. I then came out and they questioned me. What they said next sent chills down my spine. An old man who lived a couple houses down from the neighborhood actually called the cops saying the same thing as I did. There was one key difference between him and me though. He was dead and I was alive. He was apparently bludgeoned with the supposed pipe that the thief was holding and there was blood everywhere. The thief must have inspected the windows to see if anyone was in my home, and I guess after checking it out, he thought that no one was home and broke in. Needless to say, I didn't get any sleep that night, and I also got nightmares for the next few days, thinking of what would have happened if I hadn't paid attention to the lights and I was still in my bed, or if I was listening to those stories with high volume. The police said they'd look into the case more and keep me updated. To this day, I've received no updates, and I'm still very afraid that that murderous psycho of a thief is still out there. I know everybody says this, and it's very cliche, but stay safe out there. Always lock your doors and windows. Now, there have been some attempted break-ins, and it has happened in the span of what I would say is about eight years. It wouldn't happen all the time, but it happened every now and then, to the point where I counted it to be at least five times. One of them happened to be a neighbor. To give you the setting, 
I'm from Tucson, Arizona. My family moved to an Eastside neighborhood and settled down in a home near the Air Force Base back in 2009 when I was in my last months of fifth grade. Now, this home is not the greatest in shape, but what could we do? My parents had my two brothers who were born in 2007 and 2008, and we couldn't live in a two-bedroom tiny apartment, and it was also me and my sister who was three years younger than me. The first break-in attempt happened in late August of 2009. While my dad was working the night shift, my mom was in her room folding the laundry while I was doing my homework. This was right around the time when I had started middle school, and I had really wanted to make sure that I was on top of my assignments. Meanwhile, my younger sister, who we'll call Jane, was playing with our baby brothers, AJ and Lewis. It was around 9pm when I had heard the sound of the fence moving. It's the sound the fence makes when someone jumps over it. Keep in mind, the fence around my home isn't that tall at all. It's your average height of at least 4 or 5 feet that even I could climb and jump over it as well. At the time, I figured it was maybe my imagination or one of the stray cats, since we have quite a few in the area. Jane decides to grab something really quick from our shared bedroom. Keep in mind, our bedroom was the room that was towards the back, while my parents' room was towards the front of the house next to my baby brother's room. Not even less than maybe two minutes later, I hear Jane scream really loud and the sound of the back door's handle furiously jiggling. It turns out that when Jane entered the room, she heard a tapping on our window and figured it was our mom who was outside who needed help with the laundry from the clothesline. However, once she opened the blinds, she was face to face with a white man who had a set of white piercing green eyes staring back at her. She screamed and ran out of the room to go find my mom, and that was when I heard the door handle jiggling furiously. My mom ran to the rest of us who were out in the living room, and ordered me to grab my brothers and then run to her room to hide with Jane. As I was grabbing my brothers and my mom was on the phone with the 911 operator, we heard another person trying to open the screen door that is near our back door. However, we knew that they most likely wouldn't be able to open it as we found no use to actually use it and we had placed the huge vanity in front of the screen door. Less than five minutes later, the cop showed up. But of course, as usual, whoever or whomever tried to break in was gone. The next attempt happened in 2013, when Jane and I were getting ready for school around 7am. On this day, school for us started later than usual, so we took our time getting ready. We were the only ones at home since my parents were scheduled to work at 7am. Therefore, they dropped my brothers off and my grandparents while we stayed behind to take the city bus to the school. Everything was fine, until we then heard the fence making that sound again, where it seemed like someone jumped over it. At this time, we had a Belgian Malinois dog named Demon, who was already on high alert. We heard the back door once again jiggling furiously, and my dog was going crazy. I ran to open the door, and my dog chased after whoever it was. We didn't get a good look of the guy, since by the time I opened the front door to see where he went, he was running down the street. We called our parents and we then left home to go to school sometime afterwards. 
and 2014. Unfortunately, one of our cars were broken into in the middle of the night, but they didn't take anything. My parents hardly ever leave anything in their cars, so whoever broke in didn't find anything worth stealing to pawn. The fourth attempt was in 2016, when my brothers who were at this time were nine and eight, were in their rooms asleep until they suddenly found themselves waking up and alert. They weren't sure why, but they had turned to the window and could see a silhouette of a man standing at the front of their window, trying to peep in, saying, I see you. My brothers had those types of curtains where they're not completely blackout and not completely sheer either. They were at first frozen in fear and didn't want to scream, but AJ the oldest was scared and wanted to make this man go away, so he threw his shoes at the window. This scared the man and he ran off. It was honestly amusing hearing my little brothers tell us the story in the next morning, but also scary as we didn't know how long the man might have been standing there. This last attempt happened a few nights ago actually. By then, I had already moved out of the house. Jane is now 22, I'm 25, and AJ and Lewis are 15 and 14. It was around 5pm when I was turning to the corner to my parents' house. Our next door neighbors had their nice expensive truck parked in their driveway. I normally don't pay attention to the neighbors, but I did notice two men standing next to the truck, looking at the truck, and then noticed me when I pulled up to my parents' driveway. As I was getting out of the car, the two men were leaving the truck and began walking in my direction. I initially thought that these were friends of our neighbors and they were checking out the truck, but I didn't see my neighbors outside anywhere. I knew something was extremely suspicious because, well, these two men were white and our neighbors are Latino, and I have never once seen these men, let alone seen our neighbors with white friends as they're known for throwing parties. I just knew that these men were up to no good. They were walking extremely close to my car, so very close they could stretch their hand out and touch me. We locked eyes, and as I was walking away and said, What the fuck are you looking at? They didn't answer, and just slowly kept walking. As I got to the front door, I was greeted by my parents, but I asked them if our neighbors Andre and Anna were aware the two men were checking out their truck. As my family was getting dinner set up, my mom and I walked to our neighbors next door. Anna was home with her two little girls and didn't notice the men by her car. I don't know how a ring camera works, but apparently she didn't hear the notification go off on her phone when the camera detected the men. Anna explains to us that this is the third time she's seen the men the last two days. Andre, her husband, works construction sometimes, and he has to leave for the night shift, or leave very early in the morning for a shift, since it can be extremely hot in the late mornings and afternoons here. This leaves Anna all alone with the girls. After we told Anna to be very careful, and should anything happen, my parents and our neighbors across the street were aware of the situation. That same night that the encounter with me happened, my siblings then told me that the men returned to break into Anna's house, and she called my parents. Luckily, our neighbors across the street were in their garage working on something until they heard the commotion happening, and they ran to Anna's aid. One of the men fled, 
and the other was tackled by the neighbors, who then held him down until the cops came. Their original intention was at some point to break into the house in the middle of the night, and then rob whatever they could to pawn for their drug habit after they had spotted Anna's truck. So they approached Anna's truck that late afternoon to see if maybe they could break into that instead of breaking in the home. However, that was when I arrived and spotted them. Their plans were foiled, and they chose to stick to their original plan to break into Anna's home instead. No harm was ever done to Anna and her little girls. The area has been progressively getting worse and worse, where there have been more homes that were attempted or already burglarized. Though our house was often attempted to be broken into, we seriously doubt that it's the same people who were trying to rob us so many times from a few years back. It's starting to really concern some folks who don't like what's happening in the area, as of the last recent years with all this happening to everyone's homes. Luckily, no one's been hurt in any way. My parents are finally moving, after living there for 13 years, into a smaller home, since my sister's about to move out. The decision was made after a new landlord announced that he would be raising the rent from 900 to 1600 Trust me, the house is not even worth the price, let alone the neighborhood. Hey everyone, apologies for the interruption, but I need to thank today's sponsor, Uncommon Goods. If you want to avoid boring, basic, and bland gifts this year, Uncommon Goods is your secret weapon. Uncommon Goods is here to make your holiday shopping stress-free by scouring the globe for the most remarkable and truly unique gifts for everyone on your list. Whether you're shopping for your secret Santa or your entire family, Uncommon Goods knows exactly what they want. Here's a few of my favorite gifts that I found on their site. I personally like drinking coffee, and they have a couple of really cool coffee mugs. They've also got some silly games for your secret Santa, so definitely consider checking out some of their items. I'd also like to add that whenever you shop at Uncommon Goods, you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. These fine products are often made in small batches, so shop now before they sell out this holiday season. From art and jewelry to kitchen, home and bar, Uncommon Goods has something for everyone. Not just the same lackluster gifts you can just find anywhere. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com cannibal. That's uncommongoods.com cannibal for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods. We're out of the ordinary. To start off, I'm a female. At the time, I was 24 years old. I'm 5'2", and I'll say with confidence that I'm attractive. Of course, that's something I'm thankful for, but it can also be quite the hassle. It doesn't really help that I've got natural red hair that's a very unique shade and a naturally thin waist with curves in the right areas, if you catch my drift. Getting approached by men and even by women is not uncommon. Being a nice and friendly person, I'm always appreciative of those that comment and just walk off after, or those who shoot their shot get turned down and take it in stride. But there's also the ones who don't catch on and just won't leave me alone. 
It does unfortunately happen often enough, but this man, the one this story is about, took it to an even extra level. I had just gotten out of a really bad relationship and had moved back in with my parents. Because I didn't have a room yet, I had slept downstairs on the couch. On the very first night that the story truly begins, it was a nice cool evening. The sun was just beginning to set. Pinks and oranges danced in the Arizona sky as I walked both of my dogs to the park just up the road. I lived within a neighborhood within another massive neighborhood. One long winding road went from the entrance to the back, which is where we were near. My parents' house was only two houses and just across a residential road to get to the park. I went to the left, heading to the opposite end of the park and using the walkway that encircled it. It was a large empty field, which I'd let the dogs run in loose for a bit. After about 10 minutes, I called them over to reclip their leashes. Continuing on the pathway, I passed the playgrounds and picnic tables near the center of the park, and beyond that was another open but smaller field. And lastly, I headed for the basketball courts, almost finishing the loop. As I got to the basketball courts, a man was standing and watching as two young kids, probably about 6 and 10 years old, were playing basketball. The man was probably in his 40s. He was a black man with short hair and a rounded face. He wasn't overweight by any means, but he had a stocky build and probably near 6 feet tall. As I got closer, one of the kids asked if he could pet the dogs. I let him know he could pet the pit bull Pluto. However, my miniature schnauzer was loyal to me and only me, and he was not a fan of children. So he stayed back, staying close to my side, as Pluto eagerly took each and every pet and compliment with a quick whacking tail and that typical goofy pity grin. His whole butt shook in excitement as the two kids showered him in affection. The man had struck up some small talk, and me being overly polite as always, replied to everything. It was just the usual stuff. How's your night going? It's pretty nice out here, isn't it? Yeah, we've been here for a bit. How about you? Then he asked if I lived nearby. Not a strange question in my opinion. So with my head nodding to behind him, I replied with, Yeah, just up the road. Oh really? Same. We live just down there. He replied happily, and he pointed down the same road. His kid chipped in. We aren't that close, Dad. I didn't think too much of it at the time, but looking back, it was definitely a red flag. But at that moment, I just took it to be a kid who thought a one-block walk was a journey. They've got little legs and a brain bouncing from one thought to another, after all. So we both chuckled and let it go. I let him know that I had to head back and get the dog some water. The older boy, who hadn't really said much, had already run back to play basketball at that point. The kid, who was definitely the man's son, had stayed the entire time, and his dad said to me, Yeah, we're gonna head that way too. I'll walk with ya. Now, I didn't really want this, but it is a neighborhood. I can't exactly tell someone no, they can't walk with me, right? And even though I'm sure some people would, 
I'm not rude like that. Which is honestly kind of odd because I do have a dominant and independent personality. I'm the kind of girl who's really girly and loves to be spoiled. But if you let me boss you around, I won't be able to help myself. I need a man who knows when and how to say no to me at times, and also bring me back down to a leveled playing field. Yet, when it comes to strangers bothering me or guys hitting on me, I tend to remain polite for far too long. As we walked, the one other kid stayed behind. Obviously not the man's other son, and I guess just a neighborhood boy the other kid had been playing with. So just the dad and kid walked with me as I cut through the basketball courts, through the rocks, and onto the sidewalk before crossing the road. It was during this little journey that the guy's questions had really amped up. So it's just you and your husband? He asked. No, I'm not married. I replied simply. Oh, well, who do you live with? I just got out of a relationship, so I'm on my parents' couch at the moment. That's nice though. What do they do for a living? I kept my response short, not giving away much information, but also giving an answer. From there, he asked if they worked long hours and during the day. The questions were just too intrusive at this point, and I was giving much shorter answers, really beating around the bush for the most part as to not give away too much. I did make sure to include that my dad worked from home, which was true, and that he was very rarely ever gone. I was happy it was only two houses before ours. As we got to the edge of the second house, I stopped. My miniature schnauzer named Walter still close behind me and wary of the stranger. Walter's really nice in public, but on our property or in my car, he's very aggressive. As soon as we step into my yard, he may growl and even snip. So it's probably better to be safe, I explained truthfully. This seemed to have worked, because the man then replied back with, Oh, no problem. You have a wonderful night. I said the same and walked up to my yard. Going up the pathway and unclipping the dog's leashes near the front door before unlocking it and heading inside. And of course, locking it behind me. As I went to make sure the dogs had water, I had heard Walter snarling. Odd. He didn't usually do that for no reason. Not even if someone was passing by on the sidewalk. So I peeked out of the blinds to the massive window in the living room. The man and kid were walking away, back to the park. As I stood and watched, I realized that there had only been one car at the park. Besides the very young boy playing basketball, no one else had been there. Why would you need your car if you're just up the street? And why say you're walking home to walk back to the park? But oh well, nothing I could do now, so I moved on. The very next night, I was waiting for a grooming appointment to show. I had my own in-home grooming business. I had about another 40 minutes before the appointment and I was doing some stuff online when I heard the doorbell ring. I thought my client had arrived early. Unfortunately, something that happened often, so I went to the door to let them know that I'd put my dogs away and I'd be back. But when I opened the door, it wasn't my client. It was that man. Hey, what you up to? He asked excitedly. 
Oh, uh, hey, not much. What's up? I replied a bit awkwardly. I'm heading to the park. I thought you could come too. He paused for only a second before quickly adding, But why don't you leave the dogs behind this time? Okay, that's weird. But either way, I couldn't, and wouldn't anyways. So I then explained I had a client due any minute. He seemed disappointed, but he just said okay and moved on. The following night, I got another knock around the same time. It was dark outside, and I had forgot to turn on the porch light. So I opened the door, and I then flicked it on at the same time. Guess who? Sure as hell wasn't Santa, I'll tell you that much. And again, he asked for me to come to the park. Again, making sure to tell me to leave my dogs at home. I told him that I couldn't, even though I had no plans and definitely could have if I wanted to. But obviously I didn't. And while I remained nice, I knew how to give short answers to show I was being polite, but was totally not interested. He was old enough to be my dad after all. Well, when do you think you can? He asked. I'm self-employed, and I do same-day appointments, as well as last-minute emergency appointments for animal rescues. I explained. I told him the night prior I was an in-home groomer, so my schedule's pretty crazy, and I never really know. I said, Oh, okay, I understand. He said in a disappointed manner. Maybe in a few days then? Yeah, maybe. It's hit or miss. I said with an awkward, please leave me alone kind of smile. So he left. The third night he came by, fourth since having first met him, and I didn't even answer the door this time. I wasn't expecting anyone, and it was again around the same time, so I knew it was him. Thankfully, I wasn't in the living room this time, so the TV had been off, and from the front of the house, it would have appeared dark inside. He rang the doorbell once more, and I just let my dogs continue barking. I wanted it to seem like no one was home. Of course, he eventually left. I had told my dad as he was about to head downstairs that it was a friend that I really wasn't interested in seeing, and that he'd leave on his own any second. My dad could care less, so he shrugged and went back to his office. It was now day five since meeting him, and that night, I got no knocks on the door. I hadn't even thought about it at the time. I just did my things for the day and settled under the couch to sleep. But at some point in the night, I woke up. I wasn't sure at first what had woken me. It was really dark, except for the occasional blink of a blue light from a computer hooked up to the TV and under the TV stand. As it blinked and illuminated the room ever so slightly, and as my eyes adjusted, I noticed my pit bull Pluto standing right in front of me. He was stiff, staring behind my head towards the kitchen doorway. I heard his body rumbling as he growled. It caused me to immediately jump up and look behind me. My heart stopped as I could see a man standing in the doorway, about six feet tall, a stocky build. I couldn't make out the details in the dark, but as he stood there motionless, I gasped. This must have triggered Pluto, and he took it as a sign of, okay, this dude definitely isn't supposed to be here, and off he went. The man spun around so damn fast as Pluto lunged. 
I heard a loud crash, and I had then grabbed my gun from the coffee table. It took me a second to be able to grab it, as my hand shook slightly, and the pitch black made everything on the table blur together into random black shapes. Gun now in hand, I cocked it back and got ready. I rushed into the kitchen where both dogs and the man had gone. The removable doggy door that could easily be put in and out of the sliding glass door had been completely ripped away. It had collapsed and broken. The sliding door was barely even open, so he must have just dove right through it. I rushed into the backyard, worried that the gate would be open. My dogs don't run away, but while chasing an intruder, who knows how far they'd go. So barefoot, I rushed into the rocks painfully, but the gate was closed and locked. He must have jumped the wall. Pluto was by the gate, glaring through the wood as best as he could, body stiff and alert. Walter just pacing back and forth along the stretch of wall. I called them over to me, and we went back inside. I removed the broken doggy door and shut the sliding door completely. I locked it and checked the windows too. Now, I know I should have called the police, but I didn't really have much I could give them. Looking back, that was still highly irresponsible of me, and I should have reported it. No matter how much or how little information you've got, please everyone, always report these types of incidents. What if they're known to the police? What if they do it again and they can get a longer sentence because you show that he had attempted it on you before? What if he does it to someone else? What if they can stop that from happening? No matter what, do the responsible thing and always report these types of events. It could literally save a life. What he had planned for me, I will never know. I'm sure I can take a guess, and none of the outcomes are all that great. Of course, I can't prove it was the same man from the basketball courts, but I mean, who else? I'm just really thankful he never returned after that. I really do regret not calling the police, who could have checked for fingerprints even, but me being the girl who likes to handle everything herself, ignorantly didn't call. It is what it is at this point many years later, but I have learned from it. I always make sure all the windows are locked, and each night, I check that all of the doors are locked too. I make sure my gun is on my bedside table with nothing else near it. I also know how to shut people down in a much more firm and undeniable sort of way. Stay safe out there, people. You can turn someone down and into conversation without being rude, so don't be scared to do that. Selling a little, or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap, or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. 
Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. <laughs> 